From the studios of WHUPLP in Hillsborough, North Carolina, this is Dirty White Belt Radio. Innovative, often duplicated When enough people get on the trend I elevate it, make it way harder For them to follow what I take It hard to swallow like a lozenger Lodged in your trachea Goodness gracious, bruh, I can never make this up So just take your stuff Rake it up and take the bus Never fake the funk, you painted skunks You played enough, I'm lifting bars to outer space So the weight is up Fight, Welcome to another episode of Dirty White Belt Radio, everyone. We have a packed and special show for you today. There is a lot going on, as you will hear in the news segment, and we'll be able to talk to a few people who are making things happen in our local jiu-jitsu community. We are telling you the story of jiu-jitsu, the martial arts in North Carolina and beyond, and a couple of the folks that, have, uh, that as you'll hear in the news segment, have succeeded this weekend are Josh Murdoch, who took bronze at the New York Open up at the IBJJF tournament in, uh, in New York City, and James Quigg, who won his third pro fight uh, all by finish um, last night at the strike off in Manassas, Virginia. And so we will talk to both of those folks live and hear about their experiences. You can get in touch with us via email at cagesidewhup at gmail.com. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at DWB Radio. On Instagram, we are at Dirty White Belt. And you can always get at us using the hashtags Dirty White Belt Radio or DWB Radio, and we will see those questions as well. So if you do have a question for me or a question for one of the guests, do hit us up and we will get at you on a future show. If you're listening to this show, you probably like jujitsu gear, and you could probably use a free new gi. If those things are true, then go to armbarbox.com DWB for your chance to get both. The Armbar Box is a subscription jujitsu lifestyle box that delivers full-size jujitsu products to your door every month. And now, if you join the Armbar Box's VIP pre-launch, you have a chance to win a free gi. All you need to do to enter the free gi giveaway is sign up for their email list and then share to win points. So go to armbarbox.com DWB for your chance to win that free gi and to check out those products. So let's get right into the news segment. Um, U.S. Grappling uh, it has another tournament coming up, this time a two-day tournament, April 22nd and 23rd in Charlotte, North Carolina. I will be there uh, coaching for sure, maybe refing, maybe competing. We'll have to see about the last couple of those. But this is in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's actually in Concord right outside of Charlotte. Uh, the adults go April 22nd. That's a Saturday. You can always weigh in. Um, you can weigh in the night before on Friday night or the day of on Saturday morning. The kids will go April 23rd, so if you've got a family and want to make a weekend of it, um, what's better than a weekend in Charlotte? You can pre-register at usgrappling.com. Save yourself some money by registering in advance. I know they will take registrations uh, later, but you know who doesn't like saving money? So check it out, usgrappling.com, and register for US Grappling Charlotte April 22nd and 23rd. Hey, Jeff Shaw. Yes, Betsy O'Donovan. I'm back at you for another edition of interesting questions that I found on the U.S. Grappling website, usgrappling.com. Are you ready? I was born ready. Here is one that surprised me. When you go to a U.S. Grappling tournament, do you have to weigh in wearing the gi? 
In fact, no. At a lot of tournaments, uh, you do have to weigh in wearing the gi because they have uh, very onerous requirements that are totally not related to you having to buy an expensive gi from somebody's cousin if your gi gets disqualified. That's at other tournaments. But at U.S. Grappling, you weigh in no gi, and they put you in the weight class accordingly. So if you're underweight like me, then you can weigh in uh, you know, holding a cookout milkshake, vegan milkshake, or uh, whatever you want. Or you just kind of weigh in in your skivvies like a lot of guys do. Well, for more rules and the full schedule of upcoming U.S. Grappling events, you can find them at usgrappling.com. Thanks for supporting our friends and sponsors. We'll see you at the next tournament. A little bit later on in May, uh, we're we're really lucky to have two legends of jiu-jitsu come to North Carolina. And May 8th, Marcelo Garcia, who is arguably the best uh, competitor of all time, certainly uh, among the best no-gi grapplers of all time and one of the most respected instructors, Marcelo Garcia, an absolute legend, is going to come to Gracie Jiu-Jitsu of New Bern on May 8th. That is a seminar. There is a limited amount of people that can attend that seminar. I think it's 45. And so you want to pre-register. You can get at them at Gracie Jiu-Jitsu of Newburn on Facebook and, and, and secure yourself a spot. Another legend of jiu-jitsu and somebody that we're hoping to get on the podcast when he comes down is Marillo Bustamante. Now, if you ask anybody from the wide swath of, of interest in the jiu-jitsu community who the most well-respected uh, and best representative of jiu-jitsu is, you will often hear Marillo Bustamante's name come, come up. He's a former UFC middleweight champion, fought in pride, uh, did valet tudo fights, is, um, was a, a gi jiu-jitsu world champion, as well as an elite no-gi jiu-jitsu competitor. He's done it all and is the head of Brazilian top team, so is an, an, a very accomplished teacher and coach as well. So Marillo Bustamante, um, that is a seminar that Dirty White Belt Radio is sponsoring. We're very proud to help bring Marillo Bustamante back to the area. If you were at his seminar a couple of years ago, uh, you know that some of the life-changing details that he taught, and he's going to come back to um, to Cageside Fight Shop and Toro BJJ on May 23rd. That's 124 Lotta Road in Durham, North Carolina. We are pleased and proud to put on that seminar, Marilla Bustamante, May 23rd. So for the last element of the new segment, um, we're gonna. I'm just gonna mention the results again from two of the most recent competitions. So the IBJJF has two. Uh, jiu-jitsu tournaments in New York City every year. The IBJJF Spring Open and the IBJJF Fall Open. This was the Spring Open. We sent a few folks up there uh, to compete and Josh Murdoch uh, who, you know, a brown belt uh, training out of great grappling. He teaches their kids program there. Josh is one of the most um, active local competitors, one of the hardest working guys in uh, in local jiu-jitsu. And so Josh went up uh, to the brown belt division in, in New York City and ended up having a really tough division uh, where uh, Tiago Abuj from Unity BJJ, really active, really outstanding brown belt competitor was in his division, as was uh, the eventual winner from Marcelo Garcia School. Josh wound up winning two matches um, before succumbing to a loop choke from the eventual gold medalist in his third match. This really feels like a breakthrough for Josh, and those of us that see how hard Josh works and the type of, of uh, skill and technique that he brings to the game are really happy uh, to see him succeed. And so we talked to Josh for a brief 15-minute interview that you'll hear later in the show uh, immediately after uh, he took his bronze medal, so congratulations to Josh for that. 
But we had James Quigg on the show about a year ago when he was making his professional MMA debut. Since then, he's gone undefeated, uh, three fights with three finishes, I believe all in the first round. And uh, he was fighting his toughest opponent yet, Josh Aguero, who is an extremely successful amateur MMA fighter, had a 6-2 and two record as an amateur, turned pro, is also undefeated as a pro, ended up going and is a Pedro Sauer black belt, and so you know his jiu-jitsu is legitimate. The two of those guys squared off last night at, in Manassas, Virginia at strike-off number eight, and James Quigg ended up winning by TKO in the first round. And we will get a recap of the fight from the gentleman brawler, James Quigg. We also invite you to check out our interview with Quigg in the archive from January 2016, where he talks about the process of choosing to become a professional fighter, what being a pro fighter means to him, and where he hopes to go with that in the future. So I'm hoping that this is the one and only gentleman brawler, James Quigg. That it is. Sorry I'm late. Hey, no problem, man. I would rather you be on time for your fight and win by first-round TKO <laughs> and be late calling in the day after than, than, than the other way around. So you are on the air with me, Jeff Shaw, as you probably guessed, and Betsy O'Donovan, who is going to ask you a couple of questions. Hey, Quig. Hey, how's it going? Not too shabby. Hey, congratulations on the fight. Well, thank you, and thanks for having me on the show. It's our distinct pleasure. And so uh, so let's start off like this I said going into this fight that I thought this would be your toughest test so far, and this this would be a huge win for you. Josh Aguero, very successful amateur record. Um, Pedro Sauer, black belt, legit jiu-jitsu, really good, well-rounded MMA fighter. And so it must feel great for you to get a first-round finish. Anytime I get a finish is a good is a good day. Um, and it it's always great when you do it. And, like, you know, for context, it's never a good sign going into a fight when one of the owners of the promotion is in the corner of your opponent. But, you know, so that's why I try to take it out of the hands of the judges. Wow. That has, I, I want to hear more about that later. But first of all, talk us through the fight. You know, I read about it on, 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 on Facebook, but I would like you to talk the listeners through, you know, how the fight start and how the fight finish. Well, so um, we, we came out there and uh, it was more feeling out period than I got with the Salah Hamidak fight where he just ran out there and threw a kick at my threw his shin at my head um but we kind of took some time found our range and you know my my hands started finding their target uh I had been training a lot of footwork and head movement so you know he he was throwing and missing and I was throwing and landing which is kind of what you want to happen when punches are involved um did you go to coach Seth to get your hands right (laughs) <laughs> that I did. Um, so, you know, after after a little while of that pressure and me landing a couple clean shots, um, he tried to shoot for a takedown, but it was one of those desperation bend-at-the-hips takedowns. So I stuffed that, and he tried to come back up, but I had enough control on the back of his head that I was just like, is this, is this what you want? Because I think my knee fits right here and i you know had him against the cage i was kneeing his body i was hitting his head and when he would try to come back up i need him in the head again um and after you know after a little bit of that the ref finally stepped in and was like no we can't keep having this yeah, I saw that you, the fight was stopped due to, quote, excessive strikes, unquote, which is not a phrase I've ever heard used before, but it's very evocative and descriptive. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun for me. <laughs> I imagine it was. Like, go, Let's go back to something you said before, which is, so the, the, the head of the promotion was in your opponent's corner? Did you know that was going to happen uh, before yes. the, did you know that that was going to happen before the fight, or did you just, like, walk out and see, like, hey, I know you, and wow, that's strange. Um, I didn't. 
I didn't know it until like he came in the cage at the end, and I was just like, "Oh, you're you're one of the guys that runs the promotion." Um, but I knew, I knew as far as uh, like judging and things were going. You know, he's from Fairfax, Virginia. He's a Pedro Sauer black belt. We're fighting in Manassas, that's just south and west of of Fairfax. So, you know, this isn't one that I can let go to the judges without a super dominant performance. So. Five fights as an amateur, three fights as a pro, and I haven't had to worry about the judges yet. So, hey, quick, I have two questions. You ready? Absolutely. All right. One is one is a total fight training question. The other one is a fighter life question. The first one is when you talk about training head movement, can you talk a little bit about what that means? What were you working on? So it, it's one of those things where it's a lot harder to hit a harder to hit a moving target than it is to you know move your target out of the way of something that's coming at you. So we did a lot of different partner drills and equipment drills designed to get me to move my feet and head before someone starts punching at me, um, which makes me a lot harder to hit. That seems like a reasonable strategy. Don't be where the punch lands. As Mr. Miyagi said, the best defense, don't be there. (laughs) So my other question is uh, a a little bit self-serving. because it's satisfying my curiosity. I know you and I have had a lot of long conversations about sort of your goals as a fighter and fighter life and what it means to sort of be in this world and commit to uh, pursuing an MMA dream um, and all of the stuff around fighting that you have to do. And I wanted to ask you how that's going, um, what you've been doing, and, and what people who are listening to the show can do to help you on your way. Um, well, so... You know, when I have fights, the the biggest thing the promoters care about, I've said this a couple times now, promoters don't care about wins and losses. They care about butts and seats. So if if I'm an 0 and 17 fighter, but I can constantly show up with 100, 125 people buying tickets, the promoter's going to put that dude on the show every time as long as he keeps signing up to fight. Um, So, you know, if people want to support me when I have fights, please buy tickets, buy the Internet streams, you know, like, share content and make it very clear that, you know, when you're coming out to see a fight, you're coming out to see me, if that's why you're coming out to see me. Um, you know, I I haven't done, I've only recently started doing some of the, the marketing and branding stuff as far as being the gentleman brawler and having a, a fan page and all of that, getting a logo. So now I'm going to start transitioning towards putting t-shirts together and people want to buy t-shirts to, you know, buy t-shirts that help support me and then wear them to fights or events to, you know, let sponsors and companies know that, you know, people are willing to spend money associated with what I do. That That's the kind of stuff that's going to let me support myself as a fighter. Can I just say, I love the tag Gentleman Brawler. I think it's so smart and evocative and cool, and I cannot wait to see your logo. Uh, thank you. And if you're out listening, the Gentleman Brawler does have a fan page on Facebook, so go and give him a like uh, and and uh, share. Like, I'm sure there'll be there's, there'll probably be video from this fight up at some point, right? As as soon as I can get my hands on it. Excellent Good deal. Um, I gotta also say, Craig's Instagram game is solid too. <laughs> I'm getting there. Yeah. Where can we find you on Instagram, Craig? Instagram is at Gentleman Brawler. Cool. So what's next for you? Are you or have, have you given that any thought? Well, I uh, 
there have been some rumblings about a promotion in Greensboro uh, May 20th, so I came out of this fight without any damage, so I can just keep the ball rolling, turn around and fight again, um, and just trying to keep training, stay active, get better, and uh, that's that's all I really want to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, 3-0, and congratulations on a dot. This, this was your toughest opponent yet, right? I mean, that was my perception going into the fight. Was that was that your perception going into the fight, and was that your experience in the fight? Yeah. On paper, he was a Pedro Sauer black belt, you know, coming out of the same, the same gym, trains with a guy like Dave Porter, and, um, you know, from what from what Coach Sess was saying, he had a there's a really solid Muay Thai coach at that gym. So, you know, solid ground game, wrestling experience in high school and uh you know, a you know, good Muay Thai program. I expected him to be a good striker, have good takedowns, good takedown defense, and to be a monster on the ground. But you know, we we only only really got to see one part of that fight, and yeah. it went in my favor. Yeah, no, it's always good when you can avoid the uh, the black belt on the ground. Um, uh, but no uh, yeah, Quig's, Quig's ground game is no joke too. But but um, but it's always nice to 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 deal from a position of strength when uh, and which it sounds like you did. So, uh, any final thoughts uh, that folks that w- want that you want folks to know about the fight that you want folks to know about you? Um, any any final thoughts you want to leave the listeners with? Well, I just want to. Uh, you know, say my thanks to one, my mom who came all the way from Illinois and drove to Virginia to come see me fight. Now she's coming down with me to North Carolina to spend some time with me. Hell yeah, I want to say thanks to <laughs> <laughs> indeed. I I want to say thanks to all of my fans who who bought tickets or supported or shared any of my content. Especially, I've got lots of appreciation for those folks who bought tickets and and you know, knowing they weren't going to be able to come, but they just wanted to support me. So that's amazing. I've got a lot of appreciation for it. Um, many thanks to my teammates, guys like Damon Blackshear, Isaiah Monroe, um, Ace Hill, guy, and obviously Coach Sess and uh, Trey Pace, Roy Marsh, uh, jo- Jason Quas, who who have been coaching and training with me and working with me for this throughout this whole camp. I wouldn't be where I was if it's not if it wasn't for all of those people behind me. He is James Quigg, the gentleman brawler. He is three and zero with three finishes as a professional MMA fighter. We will stay tuned for that potential fight announcement May twentieth. You can follow him on Instagram at gentleman brawler. You can give his Facebook fan page a like at the gentleman brawler. And James, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Congratulations on the fight and thanks for calling in this morning. Thanks so much, Jeff and Betsy. I look forward to seeing you soon. I want to talk to you guys about Cageside Fight Company for a second. I've been buying from Cageside for more than six years, and about 99% of the gear that I use is from Cageside. That's not because other companies don't make good stuff. They do. It's just that Cageside offers the highest quality products at the best value and, no joke, the best customer service I've ever experienced in my life. So whether you're looking for shin pads, whether you're looking for tie gear, whether you're looking for Brazilian jiu-jitsu geese or Valetudo shorts, whether you're looking for the coolest t-shirts around, check out Cageside.com or come into their fight shop at one. 24 Lotter Road, right in Durham, North Carolina. You won't be sorry. Another thing I want to mention about Cageside is they do more to support local fighters and local Brazilian jiu-jitsu competitors than just about anybody else. And so we've got to support the people that support us. Check out Cageside Fight Company, 124 Lotter Road in Durham, North Carolina, or online at cageside.com. It's so fun to see good people do well.
Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I won't lie to you. I was really nervous going into this fight. And, like, you, you know that from, from talking to me. You know, you and I are both good friends with Dave Porter. We know how good he is. Quig mentioned that Porter um, trains with Josh Aguero and has nothing but great things to say about him. And it, Josh is a dangerous opponent. Six and two amateur record, like, has a bunch of fights. A bu- and, and like James says, is a really well-rounded fighter. And so for James to get a win at all against him is a really impressive victory. And n- n- to get it in relatively dominant performance is uh i think just spectacular and i'm also glad to hear he's uninjured coming out of the fight yeah for sure it'll be fun i hope i hope we get to see him in may most definitely right between the uh, marcelo garcia seminar and the marilla bustamante seminar u.s grappling is our favorite tournament organization for a lot of reasons run by grapplers for grapplers u.s grappling consistently provides the best tournament experience for competitors whether it's a points tournament or submission only, and U.S. Grappling runs true no-time-limit submission-only events, it's the best place to compete and to watch your friends compete. Check out upcoming events and register online at usgrappling.com. Our featured interview today is brought to you by Toro Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Company. Toro BJJ produces the highest quality gis, rash guards, and grappling supplies for every Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. You can check them out online at torobjj.com. Our thanks to Toro Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for making our featured interview possible. So let's get to it. So we're talking to Josh Murdoch. Josh, congratulations on your bronze medal today at the New York Spring Open. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, it was very, very hard to get that one. Oh, my God. <laughs> is this your first IBJJF medal? It isn't, is it? Uh, my first one was actually at Charlotte, which that was more based on the amount of people in the bracket rather than the amount of matches. So today you had three matches, and I, I would like, if, if you wouldn't mind, to talk us through those three matches. What was your first match like? Uh, the first match was, it was a little interesting because normally I feel like the slow starter, but he was clearly a little bit of a slower starter than me. So it's like I got to fight a little bit of myself but in like a taller form and he literally did exactly what I needed him to to do for me to win because uh, me and Jeremy were, I was trying to figure out what, what do I have to drill between pans and now, right? You have X amount of days. It's not like you're going to learn anything new. Like, like you can, but it's not really going to affect my game. So he's just like, okay, work on leg directs, work on getting into the truck and dealing with the truck and all of your truck transitions. And lo and behold, I have to use leg drags against the guy because at the Gustavo Machado seminar, he said, oh, the guy puts in the lasso. Well, you're going to have to do this leg drag. I'm really glad I went to that seminar because that stuff worked amazingly for me. And then let's see, the the second match was, I want to say it was more leg draggery, but it was way more boring because he just wasn't moving as much. And I just... Man, it's just scary trying to pass the guard. And losing once you're up on points is the scariest thing ever. So why not just be patient, right? Let me, so, pa- let me pause you for just a sec before we talk about your third match. Right. So, so both of your first matches were decided on points? I, yes. Okay. I did not submit. I tried to submit the second guy uh, with some Ezekiel's and some push chokes, but that was just so the guy didn't call me on stalling for the light drink. I didn't really think I was going to get this. What what were the score of each of those matches? Uh, I believe the first match uh, was six points because 
No, 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 no. It was it was a pass and then mount because eventually I got the samurai pass. I tried to umaquad at him, but he flattened out his back. So I'm like, okay, I'll take mount. Let's just take mount. Let's be happy with it. And then uh, eventually he reversed me, but it's a, it's a reversal, right? I can play some close guard now. Cool. You just gave me like an advantage and all, not in the point sense, but in the jiu-jitsu sense. And then the the second match, I I don't remember what the score was because I don't think I actually passed him. So I think I just won by an advantage. I don't remember. Oh, it was the second match when I took. I almost took it back. Yeah, no, I won by a lot of points in the second match, actually. At least at least six points, because I took his back at one point, and I think I passed his guard at one point. So that's seven points, if my math's correct. Well, right on. Well, you mentioned... Well, you mentioned that this was this this bracket was a really tough bracket at all, and that it was a really difficult medal to get. And so, let's talk about your third match now, which would have been the semifinal match in the brown belt division. That that match was uh, that was very fast, and he got me in a loop choke, and I I think it was because I tried to do my long step pass with my head just too far down, and it's just not. Not a smart thing to do when the hands are the collar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's from Marcelo school. So anything that has to do with guillotines or loop jokes, I assume he's going to be good at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so were, but, the, were these some of your toughest matches in competition so far? Uh, I think more mentally than physically because I actually just think it's easier to just, like, uh, I'm going to... I'm going to take CrossFit because it's something that uh, people can understand, I guess, and I get to make fun of it a little bit because we like doing that shit, right? But you can mash stuff out very, very easily, right? You can just try to mash and mash and mash and mash and mash. I can press the X button as many times as humanly possible, but to press the X button at the correct time, I think, takes more mental strength than that. And uh, I think that was uh, the biggest change is telling myself to just calm down and just just deal with the fact that you feel like you're stalling, that you feel like you're not doing anything, but in all reality, you're winning and you're just holding, like, you're holding these positions because that's the right thing to do. And that's way more tiresome than I, than I anticipated. It's like a, a catch-22. It's like exhaust your body and breathe hard from just mashing all the buttons or exhaust your mind and your body from locking down positions and eking out like a patient win. But so you meant- I, I think I think watching the clock go down is very tiring too. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned the mental aspects, and those are some of the most difficult aspects of jujitsu. I have a two-part question about that from this tournament. Like, did you notice anything different about your mental preparation? Uh, were you more confident in your matches or anything like that? And was anything different between matches? Like, is it was it? You mentioned it's difficult to you know it's mentally taxing to uh, to achieve positions and watch the clock run down like what about waiting for that next match is that a difficult thing as well uh i think i think i've literally like i've been stressed since pins about having another match i just wanted another match right that was like uh like a month ago so that that stress started it off and then i think i had a conversation with uh my brother about just how i i just I, I turn things into into work in the sense of like it being like a job. And once something becomes a job, it, it's not as fun and it becomes more stressful. So if, 
if anything, he, he made me just take a page out of Rob Fielder's book and just, just don't care a little bit, right? And if I don't care just a little bit, then I should be able to get better results because I'm not putting that extra pressure on myself. And I think that really helps. It's like I'm, I'm in New York on vacation, right? Competition is a bonus of the vacation because I get to train later, you know what I mean? So I think that, that really helped relax me. But uh, after the first match, I just, I mentally broke and I wanted to cry and I wanted to quit and I wanted to not be here anymore because it was really tiring and I didn't think I could do the same thing again. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just like, okay, so the next guy's just going to maul me. That took a lot of energy. At least I got one, right? But I just, I, I verbalized my feelings. And that, that really helped calm me down. And that's something that I don't do very often. Interesting. Well, would you say that this is the tournament performance you're most proud of so far? Or is there a different competition moment that you're, that you're more proud of as this one? Or can you even establish that at this point? Uh, I, I don't really think I can establish that. I, the, the thing that I'm proudest most about this is I, I, I felt the quit in my brain that I've felt in many times before because I've, I've felt the, like, the whole, like, oh, there is no quit and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, 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 Like, I, I'm pretty convinced that humans want to quit everything and, like, almost immediately upon it being hard, but then we just tell ourselves that that's dumb. You know what I mean? And then other people just, they allow themselves to not think that that's as dumb and then they actually just quit or they bail or they flake out or whatever you want to say. Even if it's just hanging out with someone, they're just like, oh, no, no, I don't actually want to do that. I want to go home and eat donuts. That would be my case. But, and I just, it was nice to feel the quit, admit the quit, and then just say, that's stupid and let's do another match. And you ended up doing not one but two more matches and get a bronze medal at the New York Spring Open. Uh, other than your own competition performance today, any any cool stories about uh, about the trip so far? Any uh, anybody that you've run into? Anybody who you've been hanging out near in the bullpen that we might want to hear about? Uh, let's see. Uh, I forgot if it's Chow or, or Paulo, but one of them they decided that it was the best idea ever to just set up their little uh, tournament camp right by our bag, which was amazing. Right, because now their bags are giving our bags energy, and then the the match that I'm competing at, we got. Uh, I'm pretty sure that it was Paulo is the one that's sitting there coaching at the top of his lungs. Tiago, the one of the guys' community that was luckily on the opposite end of the bracket as me, because I know the guy would have mauled me, even though he got second. <laughs> yeah, Tiago Agu, Tiago Abuj, that guy's tough, man. Yes, that guy's animal. It was really cool to get to see him compete. And the fact that he remembered me from coming up to Unity last year. He was, I didn't even get to roll with him because he was like cleaning the match. It was like a day off. Hopefully Wednesday. We should be there on Wednesday. He said, he said he'll be there. So that'll be all. Uh, and I stole a little power from JT Torres by shaking his hand. That would, that would be the cool stories from the New York Open. Awesome. And now you get to relax, you get to get some food, and you get to get some training in on your vacation. What are, what are the rest of the plans for what, the time you're up there? Uh, David Chang's Mama Fuko, because I've watched him on the Food Network a lot, or the CBS channel, whatever his Mind of a Chef show is. 
uh, I want to say uh, the donut plant, because that's right by our place that we're staying at, and that sounds amazing. And we asked uh, uh, Dominica, I'm going to murder her last name, so I'm not going to say it, but Dominica, uh, we asked her about the New York pizza, and apparently it's not even in New York, so we were pretty bummed about that. Josh, again, congratulations. Everybody's so happy for you and proud of you. You've really earned this. Everybody knows how hard you work. And so just congratulations and enjoy it, man. Uh, can, I, can I shout out my sponsors real quick? Absolutely. All right. Uh, a special thanks to ABBS Cleaning Solutions, who may or may not even get to listen to this. But if you need um, aid service in the North Carolina or South Carolina area, look up them because ABBS Cleaning Solutions has a solution for you. If you need coffee, Forte Legato has the coffee. It is amazing. It's Cameroon. It is by far the best coffee with the most caffeine per bean in, in the whole world. He treats his farmers well. He is a very good person. And uh, let's see, Tor BJJ for making me a Torable. Uh, my brother for holding down the fort while I'm gone and teaching all the crazy kids Monday through Wednesday for me. Uh, Jeremy Arell for giving me all the opportunity in the world. Uh, Kaylin Huggins for being a good training partner. Uh, Lourdes came too for, you know, being bored to just, she came through it too. And let's see, anybody else who has ever helped me, ever, Jeff Shaw for interviewing me and my kids for inspiring me. Were you my jiu-jitsu kids that I teach, not my physical kids. And Dirty White Belt Radio, because, you know, I wouldn't even be talking on this radio if it wasn't the Dirty White Belt Radio. <laughs> Will you inspire us, Josh? Thanks again. Congratulations, and have a blast in New York. All right. Everybody love everybody. <laughs> See you later. So that's our show for the week. I want to thank our guests, uh, James Quigg, uh, Josh Murdoch. I want to uh, thank Betsy O'Donovan, as always. I want to thank you, the listener, for keeping up with the show. You can, uh, If you want to support the show, you can go to iTunes or Stitcher, depending on your platform, and subscribe. You can also leave us a review. Those reviews really do help in visibility in terms of getting the show out to a wider audience. We really love telling, uh, telling the stories of the martial arts in the Carolinas and beyond. And so if you would like to help us tell those stories and get those stories out to a broader audience, you can uh, go to iTunes and Stitcher or SoundCloud and subscribe. And if you like us, you can leave us a review. Next week, uh, we're going to have a, a very special guest that I don't necessarily want to reveal right now, but let's just say you're not going to want to miss uh, next week's episode of Dirty White Belt Radio. So um, without for, oh, so let me just remind you, uh, U.S. Grappling, April 22nd and 23rd. Go and re register at usgrappling.com. Marcelo Garcia, May 8th at Gracie Jiu-Jitsu of New Bern. Go check that out. Marilla Bustamante at uh, Cageside Fight Company in Toro BJJ, 124 Lotter Road in Durham, North Carolina. That's May 23rd. We are putting on that seminar. We're very excited to have Marilla Bustamante back. So that's our show for the week. This is Dirty White Belt Radio. My name is Jeff Shaw, and we will see you again next Sunday.